Hello. Hi, John. <laughs> hi, Merlin. How are you? Oh, hi, AI Merlin. No. Oh. I'm huh. I'm a little groggy. Yeah, me too. When I woke up this you morning. We got to fake it till we make it. It's what they say. <laughs> Banana. I barely woke up this morning. <laughs> I was so ready to sleep more that I wrote you and said that I wanted to push, but I, I didn't have anything to do. I just wanted to roll over and go back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was already committed to the office, so I utilized that time to um, play solitaire and lay on the couch. Hello. Yeah. Hello, best day ever. I don't know, man. I, I've, I've, I've done... I oh, think the I, things you've done. Oh, the things that I have done. I, I, this is the kind of thing you can't explain to your family. Um, I, you're going to explain T-beams uh, glittering off the Tannhauser yeah, yeah. gate? Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. C-beams. Sorry, C-beams. <laughs> <laughs> different kind of beam. They, so they didn't have those till later. <laughs> Team beams wouldn't have worked anyway. Like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they explained it all in the voiceover. Uh, I It doesn't matter. But I started no. playing a solitaire game. And I used to be a solitaire man back in the sure. day. Sure. Solitary. Which, solitaire man. Let's yeah. uh, kneel down. <laughs> 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 he pronounced, pronounces it solitaire. <laughs> uh, uh, en Francaise. Which kind of solitaire? Doesn't matter. Do you want to know? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I subscribe. Free sell? No, it's no. It's it's one that's included with the Apple Arcade uh, uh, games. But but solitaire is not a video game. I just, I'm just playing it on my phone. Just to be clear, it's not a video I see. game. I see. So it's not a video game. No, no, no. You're just playing it. You're just. It's a regular game. A card game. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, really. It's more like chess than a video game because you got you got you got a kings and queens. Yes, you do. And it's an epic uh, um, metaphor, hmm. uh, you know, really, about um, okay. Admiralty Good and Law. Evil? Sure, good and evil. And, <laughs> Admiralty and, Law. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the, the gold tassels on the flag, right? I know. That's why we don't have to obey the speed limit. Uh, you know, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, don't tell, don't tell too many people until we're ready to really roll out the strategy. But basically, there is no law. No. Unless well, you happen to be li- unless you happen to be living on a boat, yeah, it's really in, confusing. In 1786, and you can't yeah. even adjudicate it because there's no courts, right? Although, although, are there I, sea courts? Well, no, but I have declared <laughs> Lloyd Bridges a in sea court. <laughs> sea courts. <laughs> uh, I'll allow I'm a, it. Uh, I'm a sheriff. You're a sheriff. Uh, so, I, mean, I love that a- book. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, keep Settle going. down. No, Settle down. All right, everybody. Just because there's no more law in what we call America doesn't mean we can all go crazy. So you're explaining admiralty law to your family? No, no, no. Solitaire. Why solitaire is not a video well, game? Okay. So I, the problem is, I got the uh, I got back into solitaire approximately almost exactly the same moment that I got really into this one Graham Parker album. And so I would put on the Graham Parker album. Discovering Japan. Let's start playing. And here's me. Flicka, 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 flicka. And that, like, like habits, you know, they get um, solidified when you do them over and over. It's like strengthening a muscle. And now... I, I have Graham Parker squeezing out sparks in my head all the time because uh-huh. it's I th- I'm it took me a long time to realize it's one of the great albums. Wow! Holy God, that's a good album. And he, you oh, know he, he has known. a song on there just for you. You know what song that is? 
Yeah. <clears throat> it goes like this. Waiting for the UFOs. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It, it's really good. 1979 is very good. Um, but now they're, now, they're, now they're tangled in my head. So in addition to my usual problem of constantly having songs in my head, and now I also, every time I, I, I play solitaire, I think of Graham Parker. Every time I hear, and it's made me feel just the teeniest bit crazy. Yeah, you make an you make an association, and even in my advanced years, who knows what's going on up in my uh, up in my brain bowl? I don't even I don't even know what's firing up there anymore. I'm surprised anything's happening. It's like it would be like walking into a haunted house and the toilet was flawlessly clean and worked great. I don't oh, understand wow. what's happening in this in this haunted house of a mind. Uh, uh, so, uh, but the Graham Parker record I feel is key here because it's kind of uh, uh, based on what I know about Graham Parker. Yeah. I don't I don't know this record, but. But uh, it's a, sort of a proto new wave kind of Englishy songwritery. Pretty but close, it's like yeah, definitely. Turkey jerky, right? A couple guys, including the the the, the it's a couple guys from Brinsley Schwartz pub rock bands, a pub yeah. rock band, including the actual guy Brinsley Schwartz, who's a ripping guitar player. And so yeah, it's it's pub rock, but it's in that you know um, uh, stiff records pub rock, you yeah. know Nick yeah. Lowe kind of thing. Very Elvis Costelloy, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, sort of influenced. Does it, by does it the give you insight into, into my solitaire? Well, I'm just wondering because because it might it might uh, it might have something to do with you feeling a little bit crazy because it's already a crazy time in music. Yes, it's a and and solitaire is the only game of, in town. Well, it is, and it's sort of rhythmic, and it's you know rhythmic and repetitive. Yeah, and you've got some you know it's like all you need is just sort of a strobe light going on, and and you're going to be. Oh. Getting into Manchurian like, Candidate. Yeah, black, white, black, white, black, white. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, interlinked, interlinked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. So, so yeah, you might be, oh. uh, you Ooh. might be doing it to yourself. Can I be a sleeper? Uh, a sleeper? Oh wait, there's a joke here. Mm, Can I be a sleeper free cell? <laughs> a sleeper free cell. <laughs> you know what? I withdraw it. That wasn't yes. funny. It was. It could have. It was there. It was I in could, the park. I could hear it. I could hear it scratching at the door. That joke wanted to get in. <laughs> when you said I, when you said, "Wait, there's a joke," I immediately went to Woody Allen's sleeper, and so I pictured you with a oh, little robot, robot mouth, mouth. Yeah. and you know. <laughs> and so I was like, "Where's he going with this? Where's he going?" I think that's kind of his version of uh, the Charlie Chaplin movie, Modern Times, in some he ways. He does. He does a Chaplin, doesn't he? Wait, now yeah. that's sleeper, and that's different. Uh, Bananas is the one with the uh, revolution. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Whew, oh. boy, I know. Yes, I don't know. I don't. In. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if it's good. You know, it is what it is, as they say. But I, I did play a little bit this morning. And um, have you it, ever played it with real cards, with live cards? You know, I did. I, uh, I, I was a lonely child, and I, I learned how to play solitaire. It's only when I actually play it where I'm not allowed to cheat that I realize how much I unintentionally used to cheat. Oh, because it's like you're so close. Why not just? Well, but I think also, like, I didn't have According to Hoyle. I didn't have friends. I don't know if that's in According to Hoyle. But, I I mean, I knew the the rough idea of solitaire. Probably one of my grandparents had shown it to me. And, um, but no, I would do stuff like you break up the, you you know, you can't really, like, let's say you got, you got a, you know, you got alternating colors right so you got alternating colors king yeah. queen jack 10 you can't just grab nine through six out of the middle and put it somewhere else no. i don't do that now because i'm not permitted to by my phone exactly but i've i i think it's it's uh i would like to think that it's it's making me very sharp and, and you know and i listen to that album a lot so that's good i, I have one track from there the the, the uh, video that i would very much like for you to watch 
All right, send that along. All send right. that along. Well, I don't you do know, it I, now, but you know. I have taken solitaire off my phone. Oh, was it becoming a problem? Well, for many years. Was on that, and off. That, just, just so I know, though, that was, apart from social media stuff, was that your go-to, like, open it up and diddle around app? Yes. Oh, and really? Still, the thing is, I'm still playing things on the phone that are not ga- that are not video games. Because, right. Right. so I, I keep them in co- constant cycle. Yeah, you're I keep them shoot, in cycle. You're not shooting anybody. You're not eating crystals. No, it no. requires no hand-eye coordination at all. I, I, But I do have, I mean, there's one that requires hand-eye coordination. It's really my... It's really my oldest love, and that is the Minesweeper game that came bundled with IBM products, mm-hmm. yeah. which which I found a uh, somebody had ported it over to to the iOS. Uh, oh, and so universe. it had that old like like kind of low resolution cards. Oh yeah, stuff? it's just it's eight bit. Um, oh wow! But but you know you're you're trying to you're trying to uh, discover the mines in a giant minefield, right? And um, I play that, and I play Mahjong, which, as you know, is an ancient tile yeah, I don't game. know the rules of that, but that's pretty popular in my neighborhood. I feel like the Mahjong on my phone does not prepare you at all to play Mahjong on the streets in the sunset. Ma- Mahjong in the sunset looks pretty vicious. Yeah, Mahjong on my phone is just like a relaxing... It's just exactly a matching game, except it's a matching game where you have to... You have to um, it's harder than just like, oh, the two puppies and the two flowers. Right. It's right. like harder than that because if you don't, because it's like solitaire. If you don't do it right, then you get to a place where you can't move anymore. Well, the, the problem, the, the the thing with, I don't want to talk about games. I hate games. And then I play threes. But, That's the other one. I, uh, I still play threes. Really? I still play it. I still I play I got so threes. mad at that game because I couldn't do better. I'm I'm mad at it every single day. I go, you got to be kidding me. That's what... You know, well, uh, because the problem. I if you like... tell somebody you play a game, I, I think in a, in a wholesome way, people would be like, "Oh my god, I love that game!" Like I'm I'm level level one ninety eight. I'm a submarine commander mm-hmm. in that game, and you're like, "Oh, I'm like really low down." Like yeah. I, don't, I don't. But see, here's the problem. Also, the way in which it is, admittedly, a little like a video game is it's got video game components to it. As oh. in, it's got a daily challenge. You know, there's no betting. There's no wagering. This is one. Just so you know, one nice thing about Apple Arcade games is they don't have ads and upsells it's just oh, a game you nice. play yeah yeah yeah. Well, now where do you get these apple arcade games well there's like things you it's eels all the way down we yeah. subscribe to like I, I have their service where i get iCloud, all the things that everybody hates about apple i get lots of i iCloud space i get apple tv plus i get right right yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. apple apple yelled at me this morning that i'm about to run out of i oh uh, dear cloud space i think and that's all, a mistake the way they do that i really do it's so annoying. It's so because an- they're like, "Hey, you're about to run out of this free thing." Uh, right, and, but like the fact that you get it for two, a year or two years makes you think, "Well, I guess I'm still doing okay." Even as it would be really nice for all your shit to get in, to be getting backed up on the reg, and and one not you one gets so mad at that kind of uh, one sided pestering. Yes, where you're like, "No, no, pestering. fuck you, man!" I, even if you're trying to help me, like, "Fuck yeah. you, yeah, fuck you, man." Fuck yeah. you, man. But it's also got things like you can have a run of so many games, and then there's always, an, quote, unquote, an event going on. I know this all sounds like, in, other, in games where you have to pay for stuff, this stuff sucks, but yeah. I don't mind it here. I basically play exactly the same way every time. You get a challenge, and it'll say something like, you know, get, um, uh, I've mentioned, you said this example before, but like, you got to get four, got all the fours up into the foundation, 
or yeah, you got to get yeah. this down in, into the tableau. And I never remember which is which, but so I end up doing that. And like yesterday, I filled in all of my days uh, from, <laughs> late, from late June through from July. Waiting for present. the UFOs. <laughs> what have I done? Mm. I don't have other games. I mean, I play I play other little games, but I'm not a games person. I've never Do you been not a games have you person. not ever? Well, let me let me ask you this. Why dear me? Have you, Mr. Man? Have you ever yes, played counselor. a first-person shooter game uh, with enough uh, reliability that you become uh, technically proficient at it? N- no, not in any conventional sense with any conventional game. I mean, I n- none of those like you know Castle Nazi Stein games or whatever, all the way down into the more sophisticated. No, I, no. I don't. No, I, um, because I, I, I came up on the twenty six hundred. You know, totally different head. So to follow up, yes, yeah, you there. Um, uh, do you have difficulty fully understanding oh, uh, people that have come up in a gamer culture? Oh, John. This, who surely make up this some is, this large is one, propo- this is uh, Talk about something that's hard to explain. People. No, no, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Um, no, no, no. Go ahead. I, I feel like I missed I, – I, I feel almost like I was homeschooled and, like, wasn't allowed to watch TV or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure quite – it's not quite like that. Mm-hmm. But ev- everybody my age and younger – I'm not saying I am the bar at this, but like, you know, but like, honestly, the first games I played were like, you know, uh, pretty basic like space or, or, uh, not, not pole pole position, but what was the really good? Yeah. 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 The, um, Lunar Lander. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Lunar Lander. Moon buggy. Moon buggy. That's what you're thinking. Moon Patrol? Moon Patrol. I believe the song goes like this. It was the And I would sing, I'm going to be a Moon Patrol Ranger. I'm going to be a Moon Patrol Ranger. Play a little Pitfall. Yeah, I do all that. I mean, what I will, what I reject is the idea of like, yeah, you never like video games. I'm like, yeah, I like video games when it mattered. My friend Sam had a 2600 and we play it. We had five games and that's what we played. Try and you know? try and get try and get up uh, try and get past the dragon is what I like get to say. Get past the dragon, and yeah. I would play arcade games. Sure, uh, but uh, no, it's smart I bomb. Don't Did you ever smart bomb in Defender? Smart yeah. bomb the shit out of people. Okay, all right. I knew all the tricks. I wasn't okay. good. No, no, no. That takes a lot of quarters. No, but I was okay. I was pretty okay good at Robotron, but not like any like you know. Though I liked Williams games. Anyhow, um, no, the, but the it's, human attack the humanoid. Well, do you remember <laughs> Gorf? Gorf was a cool oh, game yeah. where oh, yeah. you know because it was it kind of was like five games in one. It was. I do remember. Gorf. Yeah, there were five. There were five it was levels. Like Tron four four games in one. Try again, space cadet. <laughs> Ha ha ha! I, I was really good at elevator action, and nobody's ever heard of that game, and nobody's ever seen it. That was it an was, arcade game. It was an arcade game. Yeah. It was only around for a brief period of time, and it, I had finally discovered the game that I because when I said, uh, "Did you use Smart Bomb?" Yeah, yeah. And you were like, "Duh." Oh, the no, problem was, was silly, yeah. in Defender. I uh, by the time I got to Smart Bomb, I should say Stargate. Probably was it Stargate that introduced this. It might have been in Defender. I think Defender was the first smart bomb. I know but for sure Stargate I, had, but there was like I think a dedicated button to smart bomb. There was, there was, and every time I hit that button, I was in full-on panic mode. Like I would watch guys play 
defender and they would use the smart bomb Ugh. so effortlessly and so gracefully like oh and now because you gotta we don't want to blow covered. it you want to yeah. wait until there's a lot of mutants on screen it was so beautiful but yeah. i had i had so much panic in defender that by the time i hit smart bomb it was always like yeah it was mm-hmm. like a spider on your arm and now you're off your rhythm yeah yeah now, yeah you know and <clears throat> so i was not good at that yeah but I was good at elevator action, and it was one of those games that even even dedicated computer game people, mm-hmm. arcade game people, have never heard of it. And I'm like, no, there were it elevators. It feels like an 82, 83, 84 kind of game. Yeah, that's exactly the what classic, it classic, the golden, the golden. It just closed the, the parenthesis, though. Uh, it, what, yeah. what it makes me feel like is, and the thing is, I don't have an aggressive... It's sort of like me in sports. I don't have a problem with sports. I have a problem with annoying sports culture and annoying sports people. I don't have a problem with video games. I, if I have anything at all, what I have quietly, privately on my own, it's a slight annoyance at like how I feel a lot of pressure to like care. And it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not something that I enjoy. It's considered okay to like yell about religion and go religion stupid. Nobody should do that. But like, if you're not into video games, it's, it's worse than it, that. Talk about heretical. I mm. feel like sometimes. And and, th- and then I feel like I'm in that position where I don't really thrive, which is like asking me to explain myself. Like, why don't you like video games? I'm like, cause I was a grown man. I, just, I have a lot of friends who are younger than I am. Yes, of course. And so, like, what what I remember about the 90s is not what they remember about the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, for, I all, for all these, you know how that is, where you've got, if my and friends are I like, barely remember the 90s. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to make some decade look like another decade. <laughs> I don't even remember, man. Um, yeah, and they're like, uh, they're like uh, Smurfs or whatever. Yeah, right. Or He-Man. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, anyway, it's not It's not a problem in my life, but, like, and of course then, I feel like any time I even mention anything relating to games, I don't know. It's like I'm, I, I, I don't know, like, like, like a secret furry or something. And people are like, ooh, talk about it. And I'm like, it's just, oh. it's solitaire. It's yeah. half of it's Graham Parker to begin with. I'm the exact same, you know. I, I uh, it's not a lifestyle; it's just a thing I do. <laughs> and I you think know? what it, I think what it was was we did not make the transition to uh, what was it? Not Nintendo? Was it Nintendo? Oh, Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, we just, make the, the transition we didn't make writ large was into costly, very good, rapidly evolving home console systems. Right. I didn't own a twenty six hundred until I bought one at a flea market used in the 90s i played other people's 20s yeah it was always it was like going to the drug dealer where you have to sit and talk to him for an hour to to get some (laughs) weed weed. you had to go to are you the drug dealer in that (laughs) no i was never a drug dealer my god no 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 no. i mean are are you are you the person buying the lid of weed or or the dealer who stays just a little too long no, I'm the I'm the yeah, I'm the I'm the one that's buying the lead, but I never had them to my house. I always went to their drug dealing lair. Right. And then you can't just show up and be like, "Here's my money, give me my weed." Because the whole relationship is based on a false friendship. So he's like, come on in, man. Sit down. Right. You know, like, play a video game. Watch some TV with me. And I'm like, okay, bro. I'd and like then to really sit down. utilize this weird position of power that I have. Exactly. So then you're like, all right, UFOs. And he's like, no, that's the thing, man. The thing about UFOs is yeah. that they're not UFOs. And then eventually he's like, you want to smoke some weed? What if we're and, the UFOs? And you go And you go to yourself. Our relationship is entirely based around me smoking weed with you or buying weed from you. And does, does he, I always kind of wonder, do they know it and not care? I don't know. I don't know. They all seem so lonely. 
but uh, yeah. but but it was the same with video games ten years before, which was just like you go over to your friend's house, they're already playing the video game. You sit down, you watch them play the video game for an hour. What's the thing we used to do is watch other people play the game. Watch games. them play the game, hoping that one of them will tap out and that the remote control will end up in your hands, and then you're playing against somebody who's way better than you. Oh yeah. And you're just playing what they want to play, even though they're super bored, and you're just like, I'm, I can't but, believe yeah, I'm and you don't, tanks. But like, you don't, uh, for better or for worse, again, like, it's back to the TV analogy. I mean, I know, and I, I feel like I re- have retained a lot about television from over the years, because I really have loved television. Come and knock on our door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry. <laughs> what a scam. Oh, Larry, he's um, a nut. That guy's a nut. Um, but, but, uh, but. A predator. Yes, know. absolutely a predator. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't see Larry. Larry Larry would be on a different kind of show today. He he'd be on a Netflix special. But um the the uh the uh the, the I, I never had a thing where I just sat at like with TV, I could get with good with TV on my own, right? But I didn't have a Sega Genesis or a, a Super NES or any of those things. Can I also mention another reason I didn't? I was in fucking college. Yeah, there you go. There you like, go. Except, you, except a couple of years later, that's all people did in college. I guess, but like, yeah, I think, weed. I feel like NES or like the original Nintendo, Nintendo, the f- game consoles first got big again, I feel like right around the time I was starting college. So like, oh, it feels oh. like around 85, 86. But like, how would I be playing video games in college? That's that's nuts. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, that sounds like a really, maybe a pretentious thing to say, but how the fuck could you find time? I found time to drink and play pool and listen to Who's Do on the jukebox, but yes. I did not carve out time to go get good at video games when I was in a, a school that was just beating my ass with how much it was over my head. But, you know, that when you, when you were saying that you didn't think you were the bar, I, I feel that, I, I always felt that. Right, that <laughs> I'm not the bar. <laughs> well, no, no. I've always felt that you weren't the bar. No, <laughs> no even that, before we met, <laughs> that feeling that ev- that that somehow things are changing right in front of you or right behind you as you're moving through time. It's you're getting there just a day late, or right after you pass through the door closes, mm-hmm. because. You know, I started. Are there other examples of that? I think I feel like I agree, and I'm trying to think of other examples of that. Well, there's so many. It's just like well, there's it, a lot of it. It's like I just don't understand what the fuck anybody's talking about anymore, which I expected and I've prepared for, and like I don't know who the celebrities are. I'm not mad about it, but I also I do feel a certain degree of relief that I don't need to know that. And if there's anything I need to know, I have people in my house who can tell me about things that are not in my wheelhouse. But w- were there were there things like that where you went, oh, man? I mean, for me, that would be like the, the concert culture of the late 70s. Well, that's exactly. So I think, it, I think of the, my first feeling of that happening in 1980, where in 1980, I became very aware of the fact that di- both disco and punk were being described by people already in the press as things that had already happened. But right, I, right. But I was experiencing them both in 1980 as A, contemporaneous. Yes. And B, somewhat equivalent, you know, because there were all these, you know, Blondie was, which was, which was Blondie, disco right. or punk. And, or, or New Wave. Or New Wave, right? Which which is Gary Newman. He's very punk. He's also very disco. He's also like somewhere. And so being in that moment and feeling and being told by Time Magazine that it was already over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
but but you know, but also Foreigner Four and Back in Black were were in play. Mm-hmm. Also, f- feeling like that's almost over, right? Bon Scott is dead, <laughs> which is not. I totally not, agree. <clears throat> and and Bonham is dead. Mm-hmm. All that stuff in night, and then and then. Um, I, find, I think one of, the, one of the first new Led Zeppelin songs. I, I'm, I'm sure there were others before this, but I can, I can tell you to a near certainty. One hey, you're going to mention Coda right now. Close. Oh. Um, that that uh, very sad uh, song, "All of My Love" from In Through the Outdoor. Yes. Written by John Paul Jones, if I recall. I think it's Robert Plant about his son who died. Oh, oh, but I mean the the synths. Oh, the, the synth. Oh, the shit. Music. Chit dog. Yes. yes. Yeah, I used to, I used to cover that in a band in college. I did find time for that. Um, but but uh, but okay, and that's from 1979. That's yes. like from uh, the year or the year before John Bonham died. But but like think about like the uh, this is really nicely illustrated with my wife's family. This is quick, but she's the youngest of seven, and so the the kids who were like second, third, fourth in birth order, they're they're very much of that like going to concerts in the seventies, go to Boston, and I think they went and saw the Cars and stuff like that. And and like but I by the time I saw the Go Go's and a flock of seagulls in nineteen eighty two three, it. Mm-hmm. I, I've already felt like is that possible? I think it was whenever whenever vacation came out. Um, I, I I'd already felt like this is the scene is dead. This is over. And of course, there was also a lot of Michigas about like, oh, is this punk? Like somebody made fun of my local rock and roll station shirt at that concert when I was fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boo, boo, boo ninety-eight, who boo ninety-eight rock. Boo. Who doesn't like the right radio station? Yeah, <laughs> hey, I thought everybody liked ninety-eight rock. <laughs> I mean, the one thing we were. The one thing we were right on the the tip of the spear was video games because yes. we were the first that had them, that ever had them. Starting in the 70s. And I remember when, and again, Time Magazine was how I got all my news. Yes. That famous cover story of video games in Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. And I I had that because, I mean, listen, I'm not a nerd and I never was a nerd. Mm. I was always a cool, hmm. but I did sometimes carry a Time magazine around in my back pocket of my of my granimals or whatever <laughs> on my way to the video game arcade. And then you used to read the Wall Street Journal in a similar way. Oh, that was in high school. Yeah, I was okay, that's later. I was okay. trying to evolve. I just I was <laughs> and pulling out a two week old a two week old copy of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> ship, 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 just flipping through it angrily. Ah, ah, commodities, damn it! <laughs> but I definitely was at the video game parlor that was connected to the Fireweed Theater movie. You know, the movie triplex. This is probably what, early 80s. Oh, very early 80s. And I had that copy of Time Magazine at the video game parlor, and I was walking around showing it to, to kids. Whoa. Like, look, look, video games in Time Magazine. Like, <laughs> Also, all, I'm a reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look. No, no, no. It's not just pictures. I'll read it aloud to you. <laughs> but we were, we were right on that, and I yeah, felt like yeah, yeah. that should be a thing. That should be a thing. Like if you if you were a kid, if you were twelve years old when the Pittsburgh oh, we get Steelers won the game, in. <laughs> yeah, that you would then forever be yeah. like, oh, you Mister Old Video Game. Oh, you only served in World War One. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that great of a war. My my first real understanding that some crazy thing had happened was the first rock tour I ever did. We went out with Death Cab for Cutie mm-hmm. after. 
South by Southwest. We went from Austin back to Seattle and we played, I don't know, 10 shows probably. And it was, it was really Death Cab's first tour. It was our first tour, but you know, they had <clears throat> an album. They, they had put out something about airplanes. Mm-hmm. And so this is with they, the hurricanes. And I was in the hurricanes, right? Yeah, just so we clear, and it's not not long winters. We're talking like ninety nine, two thousand here. Yeah, exactly. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. <clears throat> uh, yeah, like or winter of ninety nine. And so they were part of that. They were known, right? They weren't they weren't famous, but people that collected music. I had it. I had it with a die cut. There you go. Yeah. Right. With young, young people who who are like, hey, what's the new album? Death Cab was the new album. I had, I had seen them. I told you this before. I saw them at Noise Pop. In I think that was ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I was just blown away. Well, yeah, and I remember them going to Noise Pop and being like, "What's Noise Pop?" And they're like, "It's a thing in San Francisco, a, like a festival." And I was like, "A festival, like in San Francisco, <laughs> a festival of a music, festival? like at a at a football stadium." <laughs> and they're like, "No, it's what like all all was, the, was there like Morris dancing and Maypoles? What the fuck kind of festival? What are you talking a about? Festival. A festival of music, like, California? Is there, is there sword <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Get a rope. They said. They said no. No, it's all the little clubs and yeah. all the little spaces. They have little shows in them, and it's all together. It's a festival, and I'm like, do you get in a car and drive from? I don't get it. So yeah. I was excited for them, but we're on this tour with them, and you know, we played Spaceland to 100 people, which was Is that 80 LA? more people than I would have than I would have thought. L.A. So in L.A. Yeah. yeah. And we play, where do we play in San Francisco? You know, the, it was not a big. Probably Bottom of the Hill. I don't even know. I thought the first time that we played I've Bottom seen, of the Hill. I've seen, I saw Death Cab. Oh, oh no, no, you know, you know what it was? What? You know what it was? We played Bottom of the Hill on the way down oh. because we also did shows to South by Southwest. Okay. So we, oh, and gosh. I was in this busy monster at that point. You were? I was playing guitar in this. I didn't movie. know that. Yeah, and so with Christopher and Josh, and, and Josh, and this was the last tour. Whoa. I if I knew that, I forgot it. Well, and in fact, they were weird, man. In San, they were in San Francisco. I made a couple of lifelong fans, fans that you know that are part of the San Francisco indie community, part of the festival, <laughs> part of the festival. Because during the they might be or during the uh, this busy monster set, it was one of those things where people were coming to see Death Cab. Right, and this busy monster. There was buzz. Yeah, was a uh, band that nobody was coming to see. <laughs> <clears throat> and in fact, wait, was, monster, wait, would, and wait, was was Joe in this busy monster? Joe, 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 uh, uh, Joe. Uh, I never Joe know how Joe? to pronounce his last name. Joe, Joe. But Joe, Joe was did Elsinore Records. But he was. Right. What, which band was he in? He was in. A, a band that had a name like This Busy Monster, but it was not This Busy Monster. Okay. It was some other indie. And that's the thing. What you're describing is uh, is that This Busy Monster was still playing by Northwest Rules, which were um, <laughs> your band does not have to be good or tuneful or and like, enjoyable. And like, and even people who were in the Death Cab circle, it seemed like they didn't really ha- have anything close to a primary band. If you, you know, everything was a side project. It felt it felt like from a distance where like all-time quarterback was probably Ben Gibbard's main thing for a long time, right? Oh, uh, well, he, it was a transition because he was playing drums in some other band before okay. he even got in this. But it was, this was one of those moments where the uh, bottom of the hill was sold out <clears throat> Everybody wanted Death Cab, 
and this busy monster was up there and this busy monster did not give any indication that they had ever seen a microphone before. <laughs> and they'd been a they'd been a band for half a dozen years, right? But like two two of them would go on to start a pretty popular record label. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> they knew what microphones were, but that was, but looking like you knew what a microphone was was not cool in Bellingham in 1997. Mm-hmm. And so it was five guys you know, it's on cool stage apologizing. They, they were all they were all facing a different direction. Like Christopher was looking at the kitchen, Josh was standing facing back, but not looking at the drummer, just facing looking in the corner. So I and I'm sure I've told the story, but there was they the the band com- completed one of their uh, like uh, hard to parse long 15 part songs. And got to the they end. Were, they were that kind of music. I, I don't know. It's hard to associate because they, they. I don't know what genre they were. Maybe a little bit. I, I'm, they're not. They didn't sound like this, but a little bit like, uh, a Gor- what is it, Gorky's Zygotic Monkey, or mm. like um, uh, maybe Thinking Fellers. Like yes. they, they were in that sort of like deliberately weird and hard to parse, but not prog. Because it no. wasn't fun. <laughs> no, no, no. There was nothing fun about it. <laughs> right. It was intentionally punishing you. They were just up there being, being meatballs, enough. right? Oh, well, you know what? I'm telling a story from a wrong era because this is later. This is later. This story I'm telling. Well, the 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 the, the tour that we did that I was that I started this anecdote to describe. That's okay. We, I do this all the time, John. Yeah, we did not play Bottom of the Hill on this tour. This was one where we were playing. We were we played in Sacramento, and the guy that opened for us was playing a singing saw. <laughs> um, this was like a no. This was not a. Yeah. This was not a big tour. We were not selling out anywhere. And one of the show we got to Eugene, and it and it figures that this would have happened in in Eugene. We got there, and the show was canceled. the 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 uh, The venue uh, d- decided it wasn't a venue, and the and we we didn't. We, there were no cell phones, right? So we pulled into sure. the parking lot, and there was like a piece of paper taped to the door. There was, there was a lot more in that time, and you know why? Explain. Who cares? But there was a lot more of just there were things to just figure out sometimes without a great deal of guidance. And the phone part is so huge. You would just have to. It was like a it was like a, an escape room in life. Like you would just show up at places and be like, "Huh, wonder why no one's here." Like there was no explanation, no one to call. That's just how life was for a long time. And I think there was a phone number or something on the piece of paper, the piece of notebook paper. And I think Nick went to a phone booth and called and the guy said, I think on the piece of paper, it said the venue is closed, but we're still going to have the show call this number. Hmm. And we called the number, and a guy was like, "Hey, hey, man, 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 I'm really sorry about the about the sh- uh, venue. You know, it turned out they don't have their Coca-Cola license or whatever, but we're going to have the show at my place. Here's the address. Okay. And so we drive over, and it's it's an apartment, but it's a like a it's like a, a, a student apartment, and so it's I don't know three bedrooms, something like that. It's a pretty spacious place, and they're like. We cleaned everything out of the living room. You guys just set up in the corner and and uh, and we'll have a show. Hmm. And hmm. you know, this was right at the moment where we all felt like, well, we're bands that are about to blow up, bro. And this is a little weird. You know, we maybe we had a singing saw open for us yesterday, but that doesn't mean that Columbia Records isn't going to sign us both tomorrow. Absolutely. 
and this kid was really he was really nice about it and we were like yeah and death cab was at that point was like we'll play any show like we have no egos and so it was not i couldn't have an ego about it right i'm like not i'm not the one that can have a temper you're tantrum. in the inscrutable opening band that's right so no room for your ego <laughs> we set up in this apartment and it was a thing where yeah they left all the lights on and the and the room the the place absolutely packed out with with University of Oregon students. There were no room to turn around. It was a great show. And I, and these were kids that were in college in 98, right? So just okay. 10, 12 years younger than we were, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 10, yeah. 12, yeah. And, but like importantly, like just a little older than our live journal friends who were yes. in college when they were into the long winters, which is how I learned about the long winters. Yeah. And these, so these are, yeah people that are in college but living off campus in 1998 and really into indie rock music, proto-indie rock. They're the first people that are buying vinyl again or whatever. And there was a dedicated space in that apartment for PlayStation. Okay. And I remember in the after we'd set up and sound checked, but before anybody was in there, I remember going into this space and it was cool. They had like they had poofs. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, there there was like a loft or something. It was like a ha- cool hangout space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they were playing this video game. And I had that feeling that you were describing of like, well, you guys are in college now. Right. What are you doing? Why are you, you like is this some kind of ironic playing of video games? And they were like, "No, man, nothing ironic about it. This is video games. Do you not know about video games?" Right. And I was like, I do I not know about video games? Have you ever heard of elevator action? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Have you ever heard of ed- elevator action? You don't know f- from video games? Yeah, right. And that was when I realized that I was that there was a generation gap. Yeah. And that's the day I realized I was going to be an astronaut. No kidding. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> moments snap together like magnets. You, you never know what's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> what's what's fun for, okay, so like like I say, I mean, like there was the, the video games that were available when I was really young. There was a game, I think it was called Space, and it was this crazy looking machine. It didn't look like a, a class, like what we now consider a classic arcade game. I remember it being kind of like Fred Flintstone architecture looking. But anyhow, and then of course, you know, kind of Pong came along and Pong was a game that you could pay a quarter to play. Like, uh, you know, but if, you know, then there was this big break. I feel like, see, I, this is going to sound really strange. I, I can locate this so clearly with when I was in military school, which would make this 1979, 1980. And every one of the kids in my company pretty much had bought a season pass to Bush Garden, the Dark Continent in Tampa, $20 for a one year. You could go to Bush Gardens as much as you wanted. You're kidding me. $20. And, <laughs> and yeah, and, and the, the advice we were given very early on is, hey, you're going to want to do this because this is something we do almost every Saturday is we get in the van and we all go to Bush Gardens in Tampa, which is, you know, pretty near St. Pete. Half wow. hour, um, yeah, yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty well. And, and the, the conventional wisdom was, "Hey, you, you're going to get it. Get it the first week because it's nine dollars to get into Bush Gardens, so it pays for itself in, in uh, three visits." Uh, you, you've you've been reading that story about the guy that that uh, at some point United Airlines offered a um, a ticket like fly fly United forever, and the ticket was something like 
fifty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars. Really? And he did it like in the seventies or something. Well, this was in the eighties, I guess. That's or wild. 90s. And he was like, "I'm a businessman," and United offered this thing like nobody's ever going to, you know, sure. Fly forever for free for fifty thousand dollars or something. Oh, absolutely! One of those one of those outlier things where you're like, it, you know, it would never scale up if if people did it. But here's the so thing: he though. he so, bought it, yeah, and he's still flying. And what <laughs> what United that's didn't, like being grandfathered in on uh, endless cellular with AT and T. Exactly, which I was. Alex, Alex will never change their plan ever, ever, ever because they insist on keeping the grandfathered unlimited forever. Yeah, and then, and of know, course they, they just keep, it becomes like a they sketch. Chip away at you. They keep, yeah. exactly. It's There's so always bad. an angle. They hate that people are still using the $50,000 yeah. United Well, except, except he's become a hero at United because of course what they didn't realize, I don't think was that frequent flyer would become such a thing and he collects all his miles. Oh, wow. So he flies Wait, he double, still gets, whoa. Yeah, he flies double, triple, uh, ultra upgrade guy. And I guess United sends a car <laughs> for him. Tri- triple double upgrade guy. Yeah, he's triple double upgrade huh. guy. Huh. And he uh, he's like he's <laughs> that like, like some Kanye guy. West lyric. They like they all know him. He of steps course on the plane. They They're do. like, it's him. He's here. Oh man! Imagine the day that the word comes down. Look, this guy's getting pretty long in the tooth, and he's starting to really cost us some money. Let's maybe let's start lowering the class of service a little bit. Maybe spill some more drinks on him. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, or whether whether he'll just get on a plane and never get off, you know, just like he'll just fly up to the sun. Isn't that the dream? The sky is open, am I right? The sky is open. Mm. Oh, I keep meaning to, I, I want to talk to you about that. Is it called open sky? What's the thing called? Why planes don't hit each other? What's it called? Oh, the open skies initiative? Open sky. Is that what it's called? What, what, why, why planes don't hit each other? Wasn't oh, it also that oh. they fly, I, I heard on a, an airplane video that, that you fly different odd and even elevations when you're going like east west or north south isn't that that's part right. of it that's right it's just like so all smart. the that's all so the interstates are, uh, yeah. are numbered so you know where they are but well, yeah it used the, to be yeah that's what air traffic control was all about until ronald reagan deregulated it and oh then, boy harumph 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 scarp 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 so scarp, i had a season pass to bush gardens Uber, the Uber. dark continent and i gotta tell you one of the ways i would spend my time like many of my fellow cadets would spend our time was going to the place that had video games, the little video game like arcade at Bush this is Gardens. the one this is the one in Tampa, yeah, right. There's one in Virginia. there's a bunch of them. <laughs> and I still I do still think back and I, I remember this being their big pitch because Bush Gardens uh, this is actually this is not interesting except to me, but Bush Gardens is is Anhauser Bush. and what the mm. what Bush Gardens was until at least the mid 70s was a brewery tour. And literal gardens. Well, weren't there giraffes? Well, they got, they did get animals. But like, if you've ever seen, I'll send it to you, that photo of me in my salt and pepper uh, with the epaulettes outfit, acting like I'm kissing like a little stone girl. If you've ever seen that photo, that's at Bush Gardens. And that's, you would go to Bush Gardens, the whole place. If you ever smell what a brewery smells like, there's that, it's not even just a hops smell. There's that super intense Till it almost becomes like ammonia. That that's yeah. the whole place smelled like that, and they had gardens. Anyway, <clears throat> then by the late seventies, they were adding rocks. Well, so wait, they were actually brewing beer at Bush Gardens. John is a brewery tour, and they had okay. gardens. And here's the thing: they had a beer okay. garden where if you were a paid entrant of drinking age, you could go and drink all of the little cups of beer that you wanted. And dads okay. liked. The, they had. I, I got a Budweiser bucket cap there, bucket hat. 
<laughs> I had a Budweiser bank. I got there. This is the kind of thing we did. The whole point of this dumb fucking story is that then by the late 70s, of course, then they added the Python. They added later the Scorpion. They had the, uh, they actually did have a place called, the, it was called, the, was the Fest House? It was like this place where there was like German music and celebrating and, you know. Uh-huh. And, but what I played was, I don't remember if it, no, actually the one I remember was, Ein Prosit, Ein Prosit. <laughs> and I never really learned the words, but uh, I couldn't drink. I was little. There was, the, I don't know if it was pole position, but there was one game. And remember there was like arcade um, stand-up games and then like yeah, cock- was cocktail Jackson? games. Well, this was, <clears throat> no, it was like, it was a racing game. And up to like, I want to say one, two, three, four, probably six or eight people could play at once. Oh, I remember this. And you had yes. a steering wheel, and yes. I think you had an uh, an accelerator and maybe a gear shift. But anyway, yeah, that, this seemed like like new evolutions in video games. Oh my god, it was so exciting, and I wasn't very good at it, but it was so thrilling to play. And it was and again, t- take it with context for the time. Like it was like even at that point, like I, we we keep throwing out these names of Atari games, but I associate like Lunar Lander and Red Baron with like the early 80s they were probably around in the late 70s but those beautiful atari games like asteroids right those yeah. beautiful vector games um no but that that was that was my time and then in high school junior high and high school junior high shit dog you go to the uh, the D place and uh where people were playing tabletop games and and, and they sold modules and Ralph partha figures and they also had they had a couple games there that you would play but like they each cost a quarter, and I I broke my mother's heart every time I spent a quarter on a video game. It Is that right? Oh, her. she felt like you had not learned. Well, first of all, a belief that was very strongly held in Cincinnati in the Protestant community at the time was it might as well be gambling. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. This came at right after the uh, the we're gonna break pinball uh, pinball <laughs> games with baseball bats era. Right. Carry right. carry is- carry nation types. Might as but, well be gambling. Might right? as well be gambling. My friend John, uh, who uh, I went to church with, he he had an Intellivision. He mm-hmm. had the George Plumpton one. Mm-hmm. And they had a really good baseball game. So like summer of 80, 81, whenever Intellivision was out, there was that. Then around the same time, my friend said, but like after that, it just it just wasn't around. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's just it kind of went by me. And like, I... I, I, how do I put this? Anyway, I, I just wanted to share that. That's where, for me, it all got exciting in the late 70s. And then you started getting, like, really, like, arcades. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, there was a place called Red Baron at our mall in Cincinnati that had all those games. And uh, actually, ne- my, Neither you nor I had enough money or enough, I'm guessing, dexterity. Transportation. To get good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, transportation. But you had to be, you had yes. to be either really good at sports. You had sports to spend a lot of time at Or it. spend a lot of money, right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So anyway, I don't, I don't feel like left out of anything, but it does become clear to me sometimes, you know, I don't know, one, one part of getting old is to realize what things are weird and what things just seem a little weird. And sometimes you have to do a little quick diagnosis on like, is this something I don't know because I'm stupid? Is this something I don't know because I am legitimately old? Or is this something I don't know about because I'm careless and I should know about it? You have yeah. to like, and the thing is, you don't, if you're being honest, listener, you don't know the answer to, to that until you've interrogated it. And so what I've arrived at was video games were a big fucking deal, like absolutely no question. Like, can I argue what, as, as strongly as you guys felt about video games in 1995, I felt about music in 1995. 
right? Like yeah. whether it's especially listening, but also, you know, writing and playing music, being in a band, putting out records. Like that was, that's, that was like who I was, you know? <laughs> I well, here, here's an interesting, <clears throat> here's an interesting question for you. Yes. Is there any, here's one thing that never happened to us, which is that no adult ever said, listening to music is bad for you. Certainly not in the same way as TV is un right? unquestionably bad for you. Right. right. So to sit and watch an hour-long program on TV where you're consuming someone else's imagination, uh, the ideas that someone else came up with, but then they involved a huge team of people bringing those ideas to life, and you're going to sit and watch it and absorb it, and you know we would argue not passively, but actively engaged in but watching the, the, the show. It sure looks like somebody just filling a receptacle with marketing materials. But and, and, and just were... and just like like I would if my mom my, my mom hated TV so much if any adult walked in the room while I was watching Saturday morning TV in ni 1977 let's say it would be like wait a minute you've seen the, all of these these 90 minutes of Bugs Bunny cartoons you've seen all of these dozens of times I'm like yeah exactly and like this Justice League is not particularly nutritious from a narrative standpoint I'm like, yeah I know and also like what's the deal with that Shazam or like the kids from Caper <clears throat> which I loved short lived. NBC Hiller or, or Big John Little John like I love those shows so much but they're really stupid and it just but, seems like I'm sitting there eating cereal for three hours while garbage gets poured in my eyes so my question is yeah. no one ever I mean you definitely have a feeling with younger people where you're like are you really listening to offspring like stop that figure here's some good music kid right but and then later on, you're like, well, their guitar tones, I guess, were redeemable in The Offspring, although nothing else was. I mean, I definitely still get into arguments with kids younger than me about Blink-182, where I'm like, <sighs> it's worse than no music. And they're Ugh. like, you have no idea, man. You don't even know. You didn't live my life. Well, it's like it's like people, like you, you say, like, oh, yeah, I took some modern philosophy in college. I'm like, oh, I love that. I'm really into Jordan B. Peterson. And you're <laughs> but, like, dude, really? Like... But my, my question for you is, there was never, like, television for our parents, and to a certain extent, video games, where you say, the whole uh, the whole media is unredeemable. There's no good television in 1984. What can I say? Like, like, like gambling. There, a lot of people right. would say there's no good gambling. There's no good gambling. But they never say that about music in general. If you're a kid and you're or, sitting or with books, headphones on usually. or books, yeah. even though you, there are some, there are, I'm spoiler alert. There are some degenerate books. No shit. Yeah. 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 This books. is what they said in Greece. You know, books they said that it's corrupting bad for you. Uh, try just one hour a day. You get one hour a day of book. But that life that we led where you, where you collect records and you listen to them, your parents could be, could definitely be like turn off that noise but they're <laughs> in their own space <laughs> i know what you're laughing at you know what i'm laughing at <laughs> i know that, what you're laughing that at. sounds like the voice of dave roderick coming through a wall turn but, off. <laughs> but they're in their other room you know they're downstairs with their own record player listening having, to having a fucking key party and doing yeah. yoga and shit yeah yeah so music somehow has never it's always like that's interesting justifiable nobody's ever gonna say but you could There's make the argument the only argument you're just you're, you know you're just floating away right. on somebody else's gossamer wings that's that got nothing to do with you you're just it's like a it's like it an could opiate. be too loud it could be satanic there were it was not an 
unalloyed good, and at every opportunity that arose, what's another example, and this was very fair to say, is like my obsession with music got different and weirder when MTV came along, or you know, prolific music videos, especially on MTV, because now you can be mad about TV, not just music. Yes, yes. Well, and right, the degenerate (laughs) people from England that are wearing their socks over their pants or whatever it is that's the new fashion. <laughs> what? Uh, I just, I, I sometimes Captain Sensible, think, you know, his band, his band was on uh, Stiff what? Records. What? what? Yeah, yeah, The Damned. That was the, that was considered by many to be the first English, uh, I think, considered to be one of the first English uh, seven inches, punk seven inches was on Stiff. They uh, the 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 damned the damned are still were and are still inscrutable to me. Boy, they're fascinating. Watching yeah. them on uh, on uh, the young ones. Oh, Jesus Christ! Also inscrutable. Oh, what? How did the young ones come up the other day? Oh, somebody was talking about something and followed something, and I'm no, maybe that was a dream. Did I have the young ones in my dream? It'd be cool if you did the the one oh, with wow. uh, uh, the one with uh, Ace of Spades. That's really good. Too. That's a really good one. Yeah, that was my first introduction to Motorhead. Watching sure, me that, too. And I was Absolutely. Like, Look at that. I, I think I'd Dexy's like Midnight more. Runners was on there before Come On Eileen. You know, maybe what what prompted it was that I read an interview with Lemmy, where he said, in his entire career in Motorhead, he never made. Like he made one fraction of the money that he made writing four songs <laughs> for Ozzy's No More Tears record of really? 95 or whatever. I thought you were going to say he made more money in Hawkwind. <laughs> no, he had he had he had four songs on an Ozzy record. Right, he and had that Nick like Lowe a, thing that where like you like got a on Zach the right Wild record. Thing. Yeah, yeah, Zach Wild era, and he said he made more money from that than than all the Motorhead. Jeez. And I just was chewing on that, like, wow, wow, what a weird business. Wow. Four, yeah, four songs on an Aussie record. How do I get four songs on an Aussie record? You need that. Nick Lowe has one song on the Bodyguard soundtrack, and he's not even. It's his song. It's played by somebody else, but he wrote it. And he was somebody covered "Peace, Love, and Understanding" on the Whitney Houston Bodyguard record, and he's was as of like i think 93 94 95 like set for life set for you life. need that you need that you gotta quit playing those video games you need to get out there and get on some soundtracks you need to did like, i tell you yeah did I tell no. you? Ben, ben king texted me uh, the other day and he was like my wife and i went out to a fancy restaurant in portland you know on on mississippi we went out to mississippi and uh, to a fancy restaurant and um they played the entirety of when i pretend to fall during our during our dinner wow and I was like, "Is it happening? Is this oh. it? Am I back? Are, oh, this are, is it. This is, is that. This, the this thing? is yeah. Pe- this is got, that'll be in the in the docudrama um, for sure. Mississippi's a street. Mississippi's a street, but it's also in Portland, a neighborhood. It's, it, uh, it's I got it. like Castro. It's, yeah, it's a street, and very like Castro. It's a street that ran through a neighborhood that nobody wanted to live in for yep. a long time, and then only the cool kids wanted to live there, or only the really cool poor kids, and then the cool kids that came after and then the cool rich kids wanted to live there and now it's right. just rich people all the way down <laughs> uh you know not, there are nice restaurants there now where in a place that like if you if you got dropped off in front of it 15 years ago you'd you'd be terrified yeah yeah, yeah. now it's like oh there's these are 45 dollar entrees <laughs> wow <laughs> and it's scallops how many scallops do i get for 45 dollars not enough more than four? I don't like to be a scallop counter, 
But man, you gotta don't, count the scallops. I got some extra chicken in my tikka masala the other day from a place that I love. I don't think I really got the extra chicken. Oh, you ordered extra chicken and you didn't see evidence of extra chicken. I wanted it to be lousy with chicken, but I do love <sighs> oh, the, I love the sauce. You know, I I feel that way. I I have to. You know, I, my daughter and I are talking about food all the time because we're both bored eaters. <laughs> She's so hungry. We're both hungry all the time. We're She's both. So she just wants the beans. And I said to her the other day, I was like, "Listen, what if we started really chewing gum? I don't mean just chewing gum casually, but I mean every time we wanted to snack on something, what if we got gum instead?" And she was like, gum. Mm-hmm. I was uh-huh. like, look, I'll get all you right. every kind of sugarless gum. I'll get you grape gum. I'll, I can name all the gums. I mm-hmm. can get you watermelon gum, bubble flavored gum. Yeah. You can get that kind that makes a spooge in your mouth, the breath freshener or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. the fresh mm-hmm. mocker. Spooge, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, uh, every time somebody puts a plate down in front of me, before the plate even touches the table, <laughs> I'm already judging how much is on it. I'm like, oh, I'm like that's now what? that is interesting to yeah. reveal. Especially that's a very if, old person thing to do. If there are two people at the table that have ordered the same one. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm always eyeballing other people's yeah. steaks. And I'm like, I always oh, feel that. like, why did I not get the big steak? Yeah, these are supposed to be eight ounce steaks, but that one's a nine ounce yeah. and this is a seven ounce. Like, I, I cannot help myself but say, huh. Tika Masala. Yeah, has and a little light on the chicken. <laughs> has a little bit less chicken than I would have hoped. <laughs> well, when and we go I, to House of Prime Rib, I always complain because I always get, and I am the dinner bell. Ask my friends. Mm-hmm. I am the dinner bell. When we go to fucking House of Prime Rib, I'll eat everybody's food and do a dessert slice. I, I've watched men cry because of how much I eat at House of Prime Rib. <laughs> and we sit down. I'm like, I got the fucking, the cuck cut, the King Henry VIII. Oh, it's got a fruit, it's got a bone in it. I'm like, my, my wife got a bigger steak than me. <laughs> This is not yeah. just. Well, and I feel like I, I feel like a Seinfeld episode everywhere yes, I go. Yes, absolutely. Like, you had to hey, get the big stuff. Hey, what the heck? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and so with my with my kid especially, I'm I'm always trying to model good behavior. Sure. And not be. But in sometimes the past, you just whip out a pack of gum during dinner. <laughs> in the past, I have absolutely done a thing where, as the plates were coming down, hmm. I did a like, "Hey, look over there," and then switched <laughs> the plates. <laughs> Uh-huh. I've absolutely done that. I'm well, not proud. you know, if you you know you snooze, you lose. If you're paying attention and they're not, whose fault is that? Well, that's the thing, and I feel like, look, this doesn't matter to you. You're mm-hmm. one of these people that's going to leave three bites on your plate, but that's not me. Uh-uh. And you're going to leave the extra three bites that matter to me. The you're going to leave ones. them. The best. You're going to leave them for Elijah John, or whatever. John said Elijah. Elijah doesn't eat steak. Well, no, no, no. But I'm He's dead, man. He's fucking dead. He's dead until he comes back until well, he arrives. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's that, that seems like a whole jam up from the furniture industry. You always got to have an extra chair. You know? Oh, interesting. Just, ah, no, I'm not making that point. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute, go on. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't make those jokes in Bellingham. That's so interesting. That is, that's, because, you know, you know, uh, when I was a waiter and busboy so in the state of Florida, I'll, it was just kind of assumed amongst many of my clientele that every meal, you pack up half of it, and then that's another meal later. Sure, sure. If they did not get an amount of food that they consider adequate for the, the, the you know, for the price that they were expected to pay, sure. plus the 5%, uh, you know, tip, they, they wanted to get two meals out of that. They wanted you to box up dinner for them. They came for lunch, and they're leaving with dinner. 
Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's why the only reason you order pasta in a in a restaurant, a thing you can easily make at home, Ugh. is that in restaurants they put twice as much sauce on the pasta as is needed if it's one of those if it's a good restaurant where they yeah. where it's like really, really every, slather it on yeah you know? every single uh, marcel or every single uh, alfredo has an entire stick of butter in oh. it and a, and a cup of whole cream then you can eat you can just nibble at a corner of it take mm. it home mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tomorrow bo- boil more noodles <laughs> It could be the basis for it's your leftovers. Base. It could be, right? I don't know what you call this dish of yours, but I do know that often it's <laughs> served atop pasta with whatever kind of sauce. Yeah, right? that's it. Your leftover, it's your leftover uh, Roderick goulash. I don't know what yeah, I'm funny I, I, I basically, I basically have a sourdough starter in my refrigerator, <laughs> except it's an Alfredo starter, and probably the original Alfredo is from the 70s. Uh, huh. I've just been putting more cream and more noodles in it. Yes. Stir it up, and then there's a little bit more, and then a little bit more. It never goes bad. No, it can't go bad. Oh, it can't go bad. That's why they call it a starter. It's got too much sugar and too much salt in it to go bad. (laughs) (laughs) We should stop, but I'm having fun. I know. I'm having having fun. So, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. You know, like I say, sometimes it feels, in life, it feels like you're picking up the tweezers with the tweezers. It's hard Hmm. to know whether me being out of it about something is just an, just the way things are or like whether it's a thing that I really need to work on. But like once yeah. I have worked on it and I go, you know, I'm happy for people who enjoy their video games, but this is not a thing that I'm going to struggle to get into. No, it's not. But do you find yourself, the reason you're asking yourself this is that you're using, I think in your mind as I do video games as some sort of like, Oh, this is a problem in society that began when people started playing video games in the same way that you could say this is a part hmm. this is a problem of in society that didn't exist before new wave music and now it does exist post new wave music Co- i'm not saying it's coincidentally because, yeah, yeah it might right, be coincidentally right. like <clears throat> you know this Roger Waters was in Pink, Pink Floyd before this. After he left Pink Floyd, we started Wars of Adventure in the Middle East. Are they related? Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's you know one of the, that's one of the pros and cons of uh, hitchhiking. There it is. Okay. Now here's the thing. Okay. Yeah. So wait a minute. So we're talking about video games. Um, here's here's I, 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 this literally is just occurring to me, and I, this is going to be so. Like I'm not 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 a well formed thought, but there's a there's a funny thing that happens in our at least I feel like in our in perception of the world, we're like let's take something like video games. Um, yeah. If you're not into video games, your feeling about video games will almost necessarily be very general, or there might have some specificity to it. But your feeling about the goods, the bads, the anything's like I'm talking all this bullshit about video games. I don't know anything about video games, but no. like. When you talk about something that you don't know a lot about or weren't emotional about, it's very general. But when you think about it in practice, it's very personal. Like today, I learned of the death of Paul Rubens and uh, Pee Wee Herman from TV. And I, how many lines do I continue to quote from him? I you know. know, is there something you'd like to share with the rest of us? Amazing Larry <laughs> is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Simone, all my friends have big butts. You know, ice cream soup. Like now, now the thing is, if you never watched Pee Wee Herman and you see all the everybody freaking out about the death of this man, 
you'd go like, oh yeah, oh it's Palmer. Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Right, yeah. but if you if you're, and I'm not, and the thing is, I don't get. I hate the fucking ghouls on the internet who like suddenly they just develop so much passion about you know a, a blind shlomo bluesman from 1906. And I was like, oh, my grandfather played this once. I'm crushed, shattered. Oh, no, you're not. You saw a thing, and then you did a Google search and found the first photo of shlomo, and you put it up and you acted like it's a thing. So I'm not busting a gut about the death of Pee Wee Herman. I think people. It's it's a bummer, like but yeah. like so it goes, right? So, it but goes. but you know, if you, I would be totally, I would totally understand people going, "What's the big deal about Pee Wee Herman?" And you would, I would say, well, you know, I do understand, like, but you know, for me, seeing, for example, I think the first thing that really made an impact on me was Pee Wee's Big Adventure sure. in 1985. Like, I, I was aware of him being kind of an odd LA comedy character and. By the time I started at New College, it was known that he'd gone to school in Sarasota, you know, mm-hmm. for cl- clown-related activities. <laughs> and also Sarasota is where another well-known event had happened. Um, but, uh, I, you know, this, just here, this, does that general idea make sense? When you look at something you you don't know a lot about or not into, all, your feelings about it are very general. When it's something you know a lot about or care a lot about, it's very specific. And that causes cultural rifts. I'm going to widen this so broad, it's going to become meaningless. When I make fun of something on Twitter in general, I'm not making fun of you in particular. I'm Mm -hmm. not making fun of your emotional feelings about it in general. But if I were to go out there to say, oh boy, you guys like Pee Wee Herman, uh, name his last three albums, like just to be like kind of a a dick, like Mm -hmm. that would be a dumb thing to do, wouldn't prove anything, and it would not... Make it clear to people that I too actually really enjoy the work of Paul Rubens. Yes, you you look down your nose at stuff in general ways, and you take umbrage or get upset about something in very specific ways. Does that make sense? It does. I I remember during the GamerGate uh, time, oh, Lord, uh, being very confused by the by the phrase gaming journalism. And right, it, it right. took me. It took me several iterations of that conversation to realize that a there is a thing where people journal are journalists about. It's not, games. Even, it's not even video game writing. It's video game journalism. Journalism. Yeah. And that like a real Woodward and Bernstein type situation. Like I didn't realize that there were so many things I didn't realize about the world that right. I had to reverse engineer knowledge of from reading about. Gamergate and not understanding any of the terms that what are we talking about? Right. Video game. So what now? And, and there's a difference between boys and girls. You've got to learn all of that before you can even get to the question of, is it really about ethics in video game journalism? You're like, wait a minute. How is there an, there's video game journalism, and then there's a crisis about ethics. There's there's a separate set of ethics because we lost ethics in regular journalism a long time ago. It's true. But I, but, Understanding that, and then you know, I think a lot of it is uh, because I, I used to be on the internet, and every once in a while I go back. I have watched uh, or I've looked at a lot of pictures where people go, Hey, show your command center, and then they take a picture of like their very expensive chair. Yeah, I was, then, I was going to save it, but the, the, for you, it's video game journalism. The phrase that broke my br- brain, honestly, was video game chair. Video game chair. When I learned yeah. of the existence of not just one, but a class of products, that, and they're called video game chairs, and you buy a, a chair for playing video games. 
And these photos of people's stations, you know, command centers, where they have a very expensive chair, and then they have a multitude of, of screens, right? There's, it's not one, it's sometimes not even three, it's often, you know, five big screens arranged around them in a kind of, you know, like, uh, uh, trying to create somewhat of a it's 3D It's a very advanced environment. elevator action, right? Yeah, and they are showing these pictures, and then the next one is like, oh, I love your setup, here's my setup. And you realize how personal those places mm-hmm. are, Absolutely. how much they've invested in them, and how much time they spend there. And then you read online like, oh, yeah, that well, that that terrible thing happened it all started in a game chat room yeah and you realize oh there's a whole universe of there's literally an act uh, like a like actual worlds that i'll never ever visit and it's not the science Mm -hmm. fiction that that i thought i thought that there would be other worlds and i would want to go visit them and i would get there and i'd walk around and i'd go wow this is zero gravity right or this Mm -hmm. is mars but these are these are worlds that are happening. Technology is facilitating your imagination in such a way that you believe you are somewhere, and that's where your friends are. And it's all around. It's not a game visible, where you're, like the dark web. It's not visible to people. Even if you were looking for it, you might not find it, right? <clears throat> but and you couldn't just sit in somebody's living room and look over their shoulder and watch them play it, hmm. because a lot of it's going on in their mind. You know, they're like talking to their friends and imagining that they're assaulting a, a mothership of some kind. Yeah. And and to what I mean, there are YouTube channels where people sit and watch people play these games, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't know the first thing about what was happening. Yeah. And I uh, and I do feel like it's degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> maybe we should have stopped a little earlier. <laughs> 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 <laughs>